Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. I think busy is a dirty word. And that goes back to kind of what society is telling us. Society tells us like being busy deserves a badge of honor. Being busy is a choice. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 161. Today, we're talking about creating work-life balance with Lauren Golden. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans. Welcome back. So nice to connect with you and to be in your ears again, whether you are walking or riding in your car, doing laundry or doing the dishes, whatever you're doing. I'm glad to connect with you and a big welcome if you are a brand new person. Woohoo! This is so cool. I'm glad to connect with you. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Lauren Golden, and she is an author and the leader of the Free Mama movement. And she's a woman on a mission to ensure that no mother ever has to choose between family and finance. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. I've been thinking a lot about 
you know, how our mindfulness practice helps us from the inside out. And there are things that we need to create more balance and to create more space and create more time. Like I talked about in episode 160, last week's episode, that there's some things we need to do from the outside in. And so we talk a little bit about that today, and it's about creating work-life balance. And so you're going to listen in this conversation for a few different takeaways. I invite you to listen for these that I had. And I, I really want you to hear that this, this whole idea that balance, the whole idea is not perfection. It's, it's just to not fall over. And then another point is that, you know, busy is a choice and we have to take ownership over our choices, right? And this was felt so exciting to hear that I love this part of it and yeah, that we can have it all. But to do that, we have to stop trying to do it all, right? So cool. So I hope you'll join me at the table as I talk to Lauren. And before I do, I just want to remind you that I have some resources out there for you. If you are wanting to start a daily yoga and mindfulness practice, I have the Daily Practice 28-Day Course, which is really awesome jumpstart, and you get all these amazing videos. And if you're wanting to stop yelling, you're really frustrated, I have a resource for you for that too. I have the Stop Yelling Formula. So there's a lot of resources you can jump around and check out at mindfulmamamentor.com. So if you haven't been there in a while, I invite you to click around and check it out. There's all kinds of things for you to check out, including the Daily Practice and the stop yelling formula and in conjunction. Wow, what a powerhouse. So check those out, mindfulmamamentor.com. And now join me as we talk to Lauren Golden. Lauren, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you again today, Hunter. I'm excited to talk to you too. And we're going to be talking about the elusive, the ever elusive <laughs> work-life balance. And, and before I even ask you about this, I just have to say, like, when we think about balance, just picture yourself in yoga in like a tree pose. You're wobbling, right? It's always like a back and forth. There's a back and forth. We're not, I'm not suggesting that we're going to find the elusive, like amazing place, right? Are you with me on this, Lauren? <laughs> I am with you. And I'm actually, I, I don't think you've read my book yet, but I'm going to send it to you oh, because good. <laughs> I have an entire chapter about this where I talk about balance and I'm actually a former dancer. So I have spent time doing yoga. I'm not a consistent practitioner by any means, but I am a former dancer and I actually, I, I still dance. I still take dance classes at my local gym and I love it. And it's the similar concept when it comes to balance. And you know, whether you think about a pirouette turn or whatever it is, the whole idea behind balance as a dancer is to not fall over. It's not about perfection. It's not about, you know, not wobbling. I think wobble actually is the exact word I use in my book, but it's about not falling over. And so how can we attain a balance, so to speak, where there's a give and take that still feels good in the bigger picture. Maybe every day is not perfect. Maybe one day you spend more time at work or you spend more time with your family. I actually was just telling you my daughter's homesick today from school unexpectedly. So this is my one work thing. And then I'm going to be full on mom mode the rest of the day, right? And so how do we look at the bigger picture and feel good about the balance that we've created in our life? It's not about everything being 50-50 all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of think of it as like, maybe this is like a North star or something like that. But like, I love that. The whole idea is to not fall over. Yes. yes. The whole idea is just not <laughs> fall over. Cool. Don't fall over. This is the idea. And, and when sometimes we fall over and actually in my yoga class, kind of going back to this metaphor of balance, because I teach a weekly class, you know, I say the rule in my class is that when you fall over, you have to say, ha ha, 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 ha. <laughs> they, all, they all just start laughing. It's good. But you I know, that's it. the idea, right? It's like we have to just, I don't know, it's to give us some perspective anyway, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And also by laughing, like, like you're talking about in your class, you're also giving yourself grace and you're not taking yourself too seriously. You're realizing that, that perfection and striving for perfection, it, it's so unrealistic because you will never win. It just, it doesn't exist. It's an ideal that's not worth chasing. And so having, having this ability to laugh at ourselves, I actually, I love that that's what you're teaching them how to do because it's teaching you to forgive yourself when you fall short, because we're all going to have moments where we fall short and it's okay. It's okay. But like trying not to fall over, the key is to get back up. Right. And more importantly, and I'm sure that we'll dive into this with this topic of work, like life balance is figuring out maybe how to not get in that same position again. Right. How can I do this differently? How can I lean on my neighbors or my spouse? How can I start to get stuff off my plate so that I, I don't have so many things weighing me down and tipping me over from one side to the other. So yeah, I can play with this metaphor for, for this entire, <laughs> but I do, I think it's a really good one. And I, I love that you're teaching people to, to kind of laugh when, when, you know, they don't get it right because they'll just try again and, and they'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. And get better at laughing at ourselves. I love that you said, get things off my plate. Cause one of the big problems is that we're super, super squeezed, but, and this is definitely something I really want to talk to you about. But first, I, I think the listener needs to know, like, why am I talking to you about this? Like <laughs> what, <laughs> what, tell us a little bit about your story. Cause you're a mom of three and now you're, you're teaching people how to do freelance work finding that kind of work-life balance, what brought you to this place? Oh my goodness. It's been a long journey as I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you can appreciate. My story really begins when I became a mom and talking about striving for perfection and, and just kind of this idea of balance. Uh, my version of motherhood when I became a mom looked very different than the version that I grew up with, which was also the version that I thought I wanted for myself. I grew up with a stay-at-home mom. She is amazing. She was amazing. She is amazing. Um, but she had a completely different life and environment when she was raising my sister and myself than, than what I walked into. And when I got pregnant with my oldest, it was not a financial possibility for me to stay home. I, I had to go back to work. Our bank account and our well-being and our mortgage and all of these things were relying on me going back to work. And I had a lot of guilt and a lot of feelings surrounding that and that I wasn't going to be good enough as a mom because I wasn't going to be there. And a lot of things that I hear from women that I work with now today. But something really interesting happened in my experience that first day back from maternity leave with my oldest daughter, who's about to turn seven, which is insane to me <laughs> that I have a seven-year-old. So this is a long time ago. But something really interesting happened. And it was one of those life moments where you remember exactly where you were when it happened. I don't know if you have any of those, Hunter, where you're like, yep, I know exactly where I was. I know, I, I know everything about the environment. I can picture being there. That's how aha of a moment this was for me. Wow. And I remember sitting back in my office, my first day back from maternity leave, I had already gone to the bathroom and pumped once and I was kind of getting caught up on emails and had already done all the hellos. 
and I was starting to work again. And I physically sat back and sighed and had this moment where I realized I was always going to have to work. I loved working. Mm. I'm ambitious. I like producing. I like learning new things. I just, I like using my brain in that different way that we do in kind of a professional setting than, than what's required when, when we're home. And it's not that either is right or wrong or better or worse, but I had this epiphany that everything was going to be okay. was kind of this moment that I had, like, I can be a good mom and I can work because this is a part of who I am. And, and it's all going to be good. But if we flash forward a couple of years, I had my second child. And that's when I started to feel the pull. And I think you used the word pull earlier. Like I started to feel that, all right, I got too many plates now. I have two kids. I have a husband. My needs were lost long ago. I don't even know what self-care is at this point. Um, I'm in the car commuting three hours a day, taking my kids to two different childcare places. I worked at two different buildings. My husband at this point was self-employed. And so he was never home for dinner. I had an hour and a half at home with my baby and my two-year-old every single night. And it was dinner and bath and laundry and rush and then wake up and do it all over again. And much like that first aha moment, I had the second aha moment in the side, but this one wasn't a positive one. This was the one where I realized I could not keep living my life this way. It wasn't working. I wasn't showing up as the mom I wanted to be. I wasn't showing up as the wife that I wanted to be. I really probably had, had deviated pretty far from the employee I wanted to be at this point too because I was so full of resentment towards my job for you know being the thing that was taking me away from my family. And it just wasn't working. And so th that was a really big moment for me where I knew I had to make some serious life adjustments. And so over the last couple of years, I discovered freelancing. I tried a lot of different other ways to make money from home before that, I'll be honest. And, and we could talk about some of those too. But, but for me, it was freelancing that was the game changer, which if that's a, a term you're not familiar with, it's kind of like a job, but you're not an employee. So you're a contract worker. So you would fill out you know, a W-9 instead of a W-2 is the technicality. But for lack of a, a better term, you're essentially self-employed. So you're a service provider to other business owners or entrepreneurs who need your help. And there are dozens, if not hundreds of services that you could provide as a freelancer. And so I discovered this world and realized I could use the same skills I had at my nine to five, but I could do it on my own. And what that allowed me to do was set my own hours and set my own rates and my own pay and, and have that control that I had been craving and that I had felt like I had really lost when all of a sudden, you know, I, I was faced with a larger family and more responsibilities. And so over the last year in terms of or last few years in terms of why am I here? Why am I talking to you today? I have really mastered the art of time management. And I know that that is something that women, mothers especially, crave in their lives. They, they need the skills to be better at managing their time so that we can get rid of the guilt and we can get rid of the resentment and, and these feelings that we hold on to because we don't feel like we're in control of our own lives. And so I feel like I'm pretty good at it at this point. I've taught thousands of women uh, my different techniques for it, but it does not come from a place of, you know, I just knew it. I had to figure this stuff out. And so I love that I have the opportunity now to share it with other people, what worked for me and, and how they can implement it into their own lives. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. 
I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, or Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Yeah, yeah. So there's so much there that I kind of want to unpack there. I love that you said that, you know, you had this realization that you actually loved working because I think, you know, a lot of the women I work with and talk to, they they kind of feel guilty for even liking working. But in some ways, it's crazy because that's part of the balance of who we are, you know? And in some ways, when we think about parenting and families and things like that, it's actually like, it's, it can almost be like, if our kids are our everything, it's almost too much pressure on them. And that can be great. Like if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, like and that's fulfilling you, that's wonderful. But, you know, to have them be kind of, everything in your world is like, it's a lot of pressure on them, you know, and it's actually kind of nice for us to get a little bit of space and distance. And then we get this kind of perspective on them. But I love that you love working unabashedly. I mean, I feel that way too. Like I need to, I need to give back to the world. I need to be engaging with adults. You know, I need to be, be creating and helping people and and doing kind of my calling. And I feel like in some ways, like, I guess it's frustrating because that kind of goes to what you said about your second epiphany, right? Like we're so, 
squeezed Mm -hmm. that we kind of feel like we have to kind of choose this camp, right? Like I work with a lot of people. They want help maybe for me from mindfulness for some of the things that kind of you were talking about, like they're working a ton of hours. They have an hour and a half home with their kids. And then they're like, how can I fit this, you know, into my life? And it's hard because like, there's only in some ways, like there's, there's the things we can do. And then the things we can't do, you know what I mean? Like about it, like people feel really stuck. And I like that you, you know, you took that stuckness and said, okay, instead of just like, this is my life and I'm miserable. You started to say there's another North star, right? This is actually the thing that I want. I want to have my family. I want to work and it's okay that I want both of these things. Mm-hmm how can I, how can I get there? And, and I deserve that. And it's not, I don't, I don't just have to knuckle under and, you know, feel stuck and ground down in this, in this incredibly squeezed schedule. And I, I appreciate that because that's how I feel. Like, I feel like, oh my gosh, thank God I've built my own life and my own work. Cause the way I think that life is sort of set up for the average person right now is insane. It's crazy. And like something like 64% of people don't even like their jobs. I don't know. Oh my goodness. That's high. That's, <laughs> and, that's, and how, you know, unfulfilling to, to do that every day, you know, to be dissatisfied and then feel stuck and feel like you can't do anything about it. And honestly, that is where the free mama was born from is my mission is to make sure that moms know that they don't have to choose between family and finances. And we have such a, well, we have a very polarizing country that we live in here in the United States, but I feel like our world is also very, you know, either or. And so we have been fed for the last however many years, this idea of the lean in movement. And don't get me wrong. I want more women in leadership positions in on boards in companies and in government. I think it's important. I think the lean in movement serves a really positive purpose and is an initiative worth pursuing. It wasn't my initiative. Mm -hmm. It didn't speak to me. I didn't want to chase jobs where I had to be gone more or where I had to give more of myself for a mission that that wasn't my mission. And then on the other end, we have this ideal, you know, whether created by Pinterest or just pursued by Pinterest is, <laughs> is this, this perfect stay at home mom who makes everything from scratch and sends homemade gifts to teachers and all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's beautiful, but that sure as heck is not me. I'm not crafty and I'm not a good cook. And so uh, you know, if that were my ideal that I were chasing, I would fall short every day. And th- and that doesn't always feel good either, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have zero confidence if that's who I was having to live up to. And so where do, I would argue, the majority of us fit in if we don't fit in with that and we don't fit in with that. And so that that literally is why I'm so passionate about what I do. Do I think freelancing is the only way to achieve work-life balance and, and be happy? No. Do I feel like it's a really awesome one that has no barrier for entry that a lot of people can be successful at and pursue? Yeah, I do. It's why I created my business. And so I feel so passionately about making sure that women just know what their choices are. You don't have to stay at a job if you hate it. And, and you don't have to stay at this job just to have healthcare because you know your your childcare expenses are eating up the rest of your paycheck. You have other choices. Are you going to have to work for them? Yeah, nobody's going to hand it to you. Like you're you're going to have to work hard. But by doing that, you're going to give yourself 
the freedom, control, and flexibility to achieve that balance that you're looking for and to kind of call the shots and say, you know what? My kid's home today. I'm not working today. What can I get off my schedule? I don't need a boss's approval. I don't need to call into anybody. I'm going to be there for my daughter and I don't have to feel torn one way or another about it. It's acceptable to me. And so I just, I feel really passionately about what I do. And again, this is not to say that if you are able to stay home financially and not work, that is amazing for you, you know, focus on, on what you can for being the best parent and kind of to what you were saying earlier. I, I agree with you. I think going all in on your kids is, is a little bit scary because guess what happens when they're 18? They leave us and thank goodness I haven't experienced that pain yet. But I think it's really important that just as people, we never wrap our identity into just one thing. We are multidimensional people. You can, you can be a mom and be, you know, a yoga teacher or a yoga practitioner. Pick your hobby, pick those things that, that are who you are, because I think we're all more than one thing. You know, we're not just a working mom or just a stay at home mom. It's important that we have, you know, those different things to fulfill us because, yeah, I think it's like you said, it's just too much pressure to to have your entire identity wrapped up in in the either or, the either or. There's so much gray area in between up for grabs. So we just have to pursue it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about kind of like that time management piece and how to fit in time for things and stuff like that. I love this alternative though, that you're kind of place where you're offering. Because I think it's true. Like you go to school and, you know, our schools are generally taught to make workers who work in jobs, you know, and we're taught that sort of this, at least our generation, a lot was taught that this, you know, a full-time job is kind of, this is what you do. You go to school and then yeah. you get your full-time job and then that's it. But, you know, or that opposite, you're, you're completely staying at home, but it's kind of crazy. I just feel like the whole idea of in some ways, even 40 hours seems so reasonable, right? If there was no commute or something, like people work even more than that. But I think like in some ways, 40 hours, like for men and women sounds like kind of crazy. Like it sounds like, like sounds like a lot. Like, and actually they've done studies that productivity is, you know, like after maybe four or five hours, productivity just tanks for most people anyway. And, you know, there's certain, like you could probably get the same amount of work done in 30 hours that you can in 40 hours. It's really interesting to, to yeah. see, but we're kind of stuck in this time for dollars mode, even mm -hmm. if some of that time yeah. is just kind of hanging out the water cooler. Well, you know, I don't know, but I don't know if people actually yeah. have water coolers. I get excited about this in some ways, like opening up this idea of this conversation too, because there's like, I love this path that you're offering as this individual path, but it's a much larger picture too, you know, like as a society, right, we are going to have more people maybe automated out of jobs and things like that. All these things are happening kind of in the future. And there's, there's things that we can do as individuals, but like societally, like there's things that we could do to support people more, you know, it just isn't, yeah. it's not really, I think that we should just as moms, especially recognize that it's not like, it doesn't really have to be this way that we are so squeezed. Like there is so much wealth in this country that, I don't know, I just want to throw that out there that I feel like that piece is really important that we could be more creative about supporting families and individuals and people so that we're, we're not so squeezed. Have you heard about the, I don't know, this is like crazy. I'm all getting into politics, which I don't usually do. <laughs> uh, one of the things that was really interesting, my husband shared with me, there's a guy running for the Democrats in 2020, Andrew Yang, who's 
running on a platform of a universal basic income. And he's this, the whole idea is that everyone in the United States over 18 would get a thousand dollars a month. Isn't that so amazing? Like it just is kind of like, there's basic. another country that does, isn't there a European country that does that or that did a test There's of like it? a test. Yeah. People are kind yeah. Of, so I, I'm not saying I'm for this. I'm not saying I'm against this. I just think it's interesting that we should kind of think about this idea that we're squeezed. Right. And like, say, just like you did, right. Like with you, when you were squeezed and say, how can we be more creative about this? And that's what you're saying kind of on the individual level is like, we yeah. can be a little more creative about this. And there's this whole world that most of us aren't taught about the freelancing and things like that, that, that is an option for people wanting more balance and things like that. I mean, actually, everyone who works on the Mindful Mama team, except me, is a freelancer. You know, everyone I work with is Same. a freelancer. They're, they're wonderful. Shout out yeah. to Amy and <laughs> Reza and to Sylvia. I love you. <laughs> I, yeah, Free Mama team. Couldn't do it without you. And what's really amazing about my team... So. As of yesterday, I now have six team members and five out of the six are graduates of my program over the last oh, year. Wow, that's so so cool. it's, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. And so as I grow and I continue to get my mission out there, I need more contract workers. And so there are currently about 54 million freelancers in the United States. So just if you are listening and you're like, I've never heard of this, I'm pretty sure this person's making it up. I'm not making it up. I promise you there are lots of contract workers. Um, and it is projected that but I believe by 2025, I could be wrong on the air, but I think by 2025, um, over 50% of the population will be freelancing. Wow. In, in the United States. And so this is, this is a growing thing. And like you were talking about, you know, with, with companies and machines and automation and all of these things. And on the other end with, with these, you know, societal pushes towards more flexibility in the workplace and more remote jobs, this is naturally coming through where people on both ends really are wanting it at this point because employees are expensive for companies as well. You know, they're paying benefits and overhead for businesses with offices and all of these things. And so uh, this is, it truly is something that's growing anyway. And I'm really excited to, to be in a position where I can help women find their place in it. And, and knowing that, you know, it's not just for some IT person or some, you know, web coder with all of these really specialized skills. There are really basic things that you can get paid to do from home. You don't have to, you know, have some crazy degree or whatever. Like I was saying earlier, there's almost no barrier for entry. There are people who need others to manage their emails or manage their schedules. And so a I'm lot of those types hand. of skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So a lot of times that role is called a virtual assistant. So yeah. if you've ever been an administrative assistant or an executive assistant in an office, there's actually a virtual role for you as well. And so I just, I'm so passionate about making sure that people understand that this is something they can do. This is something you can take your current skill set and, or, or develop a new one. If, if there's one you want to pursue in and apply it towards a successful work from home business. To me, like you said earlier about, about being a business owner, like I always have, a, I'm like, why wouldn't everybody want to do this? And of course I know realistically not everyone would want to do it, but it has been such a blessing for my family and to the families that I've been able to work with. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And it's great that it's, it's growing as an industry. So tell us about your work-life balance now. You, at one point there was zero self-care <laughs> and things like that. So tell us about you know, kind of how many hours yeah. does, is a good, you know, amount of work for you? Yeah. And then what, where does some of the rest of that balance? 
Yeah. yeah. So I have three kiddos. One is in like real deal school. So she's in first grade. And then I've, my two babies go to preschool four days a week. So I work very dedicatedly while they are in preschool. So about four and a half to five hours a day, Monday through Thursday. Not a bad work week right there. It's pretty nice. <laughs> Do I sometimes check email at night or, you know, look at an ad campaign or go into my Facebook group and comment on, on things that, that people are asking. I do, but I do because I love it. It, it. And I will say that about everything I do at this point, it doesn't feel like work. And I know that probably sounds annoying to some of your listeners, but I think when you find something that you're good at and you finally feel valued for it, which I know was something I struggled with in a nine to five setting, I never really felt appreciated for the things that I was contributing. And I've always felt that value validation and that appreciation as a freelancer because of the intimate relationship you start to have with your clients who are outsourcing to you. And so, yeah, most days it's about somewhere between four and a half and five hours while my kiddos are at preschool. My husband now also works from home, which is a newer dynamic in our life. So sometimes we'll go pick up the kids from school together. Sometimes if one of us has a couple more things to wrap up, you know, one of us will go get them. But we usually then go to the gym after we pick up my kiddos from school. So my husband and I will go work out for like 30 to 45 minutes and the kiddos will go play and they have like a, a huge gym and basketball court and like playground and stuff in the kids area. Then we go get my big kid from school. And then we go to the park pretty much every day after school because we live in Houston. So we have very hot summers, but very, you know, mild winters. So we go to the park by school. We walk and pick her up every day from school, which was, you know, a vision that I would say I definitely manifested that something I really wanted as a mom was to be able to walk my kids to school every day. And so we go pick her up, we go to the park and we come home and make dinner. And then we hang out and have a really just boring homebody kind of life. We don't, we don't do much, but Fridays I actually take off when we, my family relocated almost three years ago now, which was really, really hard. We lived in Kansas city, which was where my entire, it's where I grew up. All my friends and family were from there. And we moved to Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston. It was, it was huge for us. I was pregnant when we moved. There was just, there was a lot going on. It was really, really hard. And so when we moved here, Speaking of, you know, being busy and, and balance and your plates and knowing when you need help. One of the first things I did when we moved here, because I am an extrovert and I'm very social and I know that about myself, was join a mom's group. And that's something previously I had never really had the opportunity to do because with my first two kids, I was working full time and all of that stuff takes place during the day, you know? And so that was, that was not a part of my mom life really back in Kansas city. But when we moved here, I made it a priority because I knew I needed to meet people and, and form some, some genuine relationships or I would never feel rooted in our new home. And so I still go, it's been three years and I still go every Friday, you know, speaking of the self-care, it's just, it's something that fills my cup. I feel like as moms, we're constantly pouring out, we're pouring out to our employer, we're pouring out to our children. We're trying to save some for our spouse, hopefully. Although I will say if you have small children, I know that they sometimes come after the small children in terms of volume, but you know, and then we just barely have anything for ourselves and, and going to my mom's group every Friday, even though sometimes I might have something in my business that I'm like, Oh, I really want to work on that right now. Or, you know, the weather's so nice. I really just want to go, you know, hang out outside with my kids. I make it a priority to go because every time I leave my mom's group, I feel fuller. And if I don't take that time to reinvest back in myself, then I will run out for everybody around me who, who needs me to pour into them. And so that is a huge priority. And that was a big shift that did not happen until I, I controlled my own schedule. And I had, I was, 
freelancing basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say, you know, the move. So sometimes I, you know, you might need that external pressure of like, you know, I moved and I, I knew if I didn't do this, I wouldn't be happy. So I had that external pressure to be like, do something about it. I'm that kind of person. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to go out there and get uncomfortable and do something about it to try to be proactive because I know myself. So I, you know, if, if you're listening, you're kind of like, Oh, you know, that I, I'm not good at meeting new people or that sounds really intimidating. I think it really just starts with some self-reflection. You've got to be honest about what, where, what are your needs? What do you need more of? Do you need more care for your body? Do you need more care for your mind? Do you need to just go relax and get a pedicure? Like what are those things that you need? And then how can you be proactive? And that's, that's how I approach self-care now, which is very different than how I used to when I was at my nine to five. It was like, okay, I'm in tears and I've completely melted down and I hate my life. And my husband would be like, go get a pedicure. Like, you know, it was like a bandaid, but I was already like the, like the damage was already done. And now I'm very proactive with self-care. Like I said, you know, whether it's the mom's group or going to, to a, class, a dance class at, a, at our local gym, I do these things because I know if I don't, I'll get to that place. And I don't want to get to that place. I want to avoid it. And so by just making it a part of my routine, I find that I stay a lot more level-headed and more present as a parent. And, and honestly, my business thrives when I take care of myself as well. So yeah, there's been big shifts. Big shifts. Yeah. Yeah. You're better able to offer everything. It's funny that you mention um, your mom's group because in the last episode, uh, I talked about time and the the sort of time, the idea of time poverty. And mm-hmm. so this is, this is really kind of follows that theme a bit. And, and one of the things I mentioned as an idea to kind of help us kind of create more time is having a scheduled thing that you sort of go to religiously that feeds yeah. your feeds yourself and things like that and that that you're describing that completely in your mom's group. Well, hey there busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic and at the same time add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. 
We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. What was your mom like? What was her model like? Did she take care of her own needs or did she, was she a mommy martyr? (laughs) No. Somewhere um, in the middle. (laughs) No. I'm giggling actually because my older sister and my mom are very similar. They are lavish self-care givers, but that, that is what, or or, (laughs) yes. So I, it just made me chuckle, you know, my mom and my sister and, and, and you know what? I'm only chuckling because it doesn't identify with how I need self-care. My version Mm -hmm. just looks different, but they love, you know, a monthly massage and a facial Mm -hmm. and like, you know, to go shopping or whatever the, the fanciest drink at Starbucks, like, but that makes them feel good. And who am I to judge that? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care, but it made me chuckle because that's my mom's version of self-care. No, my mom did not struggle with self-care at all. My mom stayed home. So she was in control of her schedule. One thing that I simultaneously think and curse my mom for. And I don't know if you have anything like that in your life, but I'm like, this was a double-edged sword. And I I talk about this in my book as well, is my mom had a very hard time saying no, very hard time saying no. And so while she didn't have a nine to five, my mom volunteered everywhere. And she was Mm. very well known in Kansas city. She was involved with a lot of nonprofit organizations. She gave of herself constantly, which is probably why she needed all those facials so she could replenish. But she, she gave her time very, very generously. And what happens when you sort of become that person is you get asked again. And you get asked again and you get asked more. And so that sort of became my mom over the years. And then when we moved back to Kansas City right before we got married, I found myself in that same trap. Oh, you're Pam's daughter. Oh, do you want to volunteer for this board? Oh my goodness. That? And so not only was I at my nine to five and now all of a sudden I have two kids, but I was actually on three boards. I was the president of a professional organization as I was starting my freelancing business oh, on no. the side. I had all these things going on. And then I love that you use the word squeezed. I talk about the word busy all the time. I think busy is a dirty word. And that goes back to kind of what society is telling us. Society tells us like being busy deserves a badge of honor. Being busy is a choice. My days are full. I do a lot in my days, but everything I choose to do at this point in my life is very intentional. And if I decide to go, you know, do a classroom party at my kid's school, it's because I want to, not because I feel like I have to. And that was a really big shift that I did have to make. And my mom and I have talked a lot about this. I'm thankful for her example. She's incredibly philanthropic. She's incredibly generous. She is a big giver of time, but I always tell her, you didn't teach me how to say no. Like, and I will say now she does. She does now. She learned it way later in life. Maybe she learned it from me. No. Um, But I had to learn how to say no because when I stepped back and I looked at all of the things that I was doing, but then I was complaining about never being home, I had to take ownership that I had done it to myself. And so when we talk about creating time or prioritizing or, or all these different, you know, themes around, you know, kind of buried within time management, what we have to realize like it or not, is that we make time for the 
things that we prioritize. So for example, you might be at a job and have an insane presentation coming up, but if you were a single parent in the school calls and said your kid just threw up and you have to get there and pick them up, I bet you you're going to drop what you're doing and go pick up your kid because we prioritize, we, we make time for the things that we prioritize. And so if you are feeling squeezed, as you say, Hunter, which I'm probably going to borrow that, I'll give you credit. If you're constantly feeling squeezed, you need to have some self-reflection and step back and, and maybe you need to write it down. Maybe you need to write a physical list of everything on your plate. That's what I did. I'm like writing down all these boards and I'm like, gosh, am I actually still involved in that? Oh yeah, I got to go on Tuesday. Like I wrote it all down and I looked at it and I'm like, what can I let go of? And I crossed out almost every, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like what I say I want is not in alignment with what my actions are. And so I had to change my actions and saying no is not easy. You know, I think especially as women, we, we feel guilty or we feel obligated or we feel, you know, I'm going to let them down if I don't do that. But at the end of the day, it comes back to, you know, the same reason I like freelancing and being self-employed. It's that you have to do what's best for you and you have to do what's best for your family. And that's not, it's not anybody else's business. You know, we can't let the, the pressures of society dictate, you know, it's good to be busy. No, it's not. If you're stressed out all the time, that's not, that's not serving you in a positive way. No, no, that's not a badge of honor. You know, it's crazy. Have you ever seen this? <laughs> Speaking of busy, like the, the U S is a little crazy about busy, but Japan is really insane about busy and, and work balance and actually gender roles too, as far as women and men and ideal moms. But anyway, they had in the, I think I saw it in National Geographic, the New York times or something. They had pictures of, they have this, they have a word in Japanese that's called like just falling asleep anywhere. And they have pictures of people like asleep, standing up in a subway car or in a diner asleep and things like that, because they are working so so much that it's socially acceptable and actually seen as like good or, you know, admirable like, oh, in some way. working hard, yeah. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Like it's kind no, of the extreme. Like I think <laughs> we're so extreme, but that's crazy. I want to go to the Spanish system of siesta every day. Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, cool. So yeah, I like this. Like busy is a choice. And I think this you're pointing oh, yeah. to, you know, listener, if you are resonating with some of this, you have to kind of look at this and say, what am I saying yes to? And, and really, actually, when, and when we look at what's happening in the body, at any time that we are busy and rushing, it's actually the, the nervous system actually reads this, you know, very instantaneously as a threat. Because if you think about it, when we, through evolution and things like that, if we were ever like, rushing somewhere, there was something wrong. There was some kind of threat in the environment. So that instantly, anytime you are busy and hurrying, you're triggering your fight, flight, or freeze stress response. So you're putting yourself into this sort of low level of stress. And many moms and dads talk to me about wanting to be calmer and wanting to yell less and things like that. And really the number one thing we can do to do that is to reduce our overall stress levels. Mm -hmm. And when we're rushing from place to place and when we're packing our schedules, you're just putting your stress levels so far up there and you're just straining your nervous system so that, yeah, when your child has a problem, you're, you're so much more likely to get triggered. It just happens that much faster with 
with busyness and things like that. So do you have time to ever be alone? Do you like, I know you're kind of an extrovert. I can tell. I, I see one. I, I, I'm one too, so I can, I can see it. But, uh, but do you have some, some time for quiet, for reflection? You know, it's really interesting. When when I first started working with my mentor about a year and a half ago, she was really bit, and I know you're going to look at me, Hunter, and be like, okay, we're going to talk about this later, Lauren, and we can do that. We can bring it offline. Um, she really wanted to, uh, me to start meditating because mm. I'm very, not necessarily stressed all the time because, again, I've, I've got a good balance, but I am a naturally high strung, pretty type A, high, high standards and very high energy, obviously. And so she's like, you know, I feel like meditation would be good for you. And I'm like, Ooh, sitting still, like that feels like a punishment. And so (laughs) what I have actually found and I, and, and, and it is still something I would like to ease myself into, but what I have learned is that meditation doesn't, and, and I'm sure you can validate this meditation doesn't have to be the like, um, like sitting, it doesn't have to be that it's more about quieting your mind. And for me, that daily trip to our gym, that is what's for me. Whether I'm walking and listening to music or walking and not listening to anything and just kind of tuning everything out or listening to a podcast, I do a class every Saturday morning. And I know even though I'm moving because I'm very active, when I come out of that, I feel like a whole new person. I'm thinking clearer. I'm very... I'm just centered. And so I've learned that that's kind of what works best for me. I have not grown comfortable in silence yet. I am a work in progress. So I do have alone time. I have me time, but it's not usually spent quietly. (laughs) No, that's okay. Don't feel bad. I mean, actually like running was my gateway into mindfulness because I just like you, like I have a lot of, and like I have these tools because I really need them (laughs) or I have in my life. And for me, running was a gateway into doing that because I, I couldn't, you know, I felt like I couldn't sit still. And and then yoga, also another movement, mindful movement activity, those are gateways. So good for you. You're, you're, you're finding your your way. I'm calming where you need to be. I'm calming right before your very eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So balance, we are trying not to, not to fall over (laughs) and we're, we're wanting to find these places for, you know, we haven't even talked about time with friends, time with our Mm -hmm. marriage, time alone. Like we have needs. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this idea of taking ownership over our choices and kind of looking, taking some time to reflect on our needs and then maybe even reflect on, you know, all the alternative options out there and things like that. So I want people to know where can people find out more about more about the work that you're doing with the Free Mama movement. And I'm I'm happy to do some partnering with you. We're going to do a webinar in like two days. So if you're listening to this live, you just got a couple days. If it's in the future, it's okay. We'll, <laughs> you we'll can still connect. connect. We'll hang out. In. We'll hang out again. <laughs> but tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So our hub, so to speak, for the Free Mama movement, we have a Facebook group. I'm incredibly active in it. It is a very positive supportive, but also tactical place. So if you have questions about freelancing or questions about time management, um, it is a very engaged community. And so you can find that on Facebook. um, And the name of the group is the Free Mama Movement. And maybe we can include a link in the show notes. If you want to learn more about freelancing, 
you can always go to my website. You can go to thefreemama.com. It's got a lot of different things on there. So you can find my book on there. We just launched Free Mama TV on YouTube. So there's free trainings. We launch a new episode every single Tuesday. But yes, I teach moms how to make money from home. Time management is a really important part of that because you might be thinking, that's great. Well, I can't quit my job till I'm already making money. It's cool. That's most people's scenario. That was my scenario too. And so you can't find the time to start a business while working full time and, and, and being with your kids if you don't have those, those skills. So I dive a lot into that as well. And I'm glad that we got to talk about it a little bit today. And you're right. We could talk about time management and, and friends and all the different components for, for forever. And even more importantly, outsourcing and making sure you're not doing it all alone. And one of my biggest oh, yeah. things is with this concept of the free mama movement is I really believe as moms that we can have it all. We can have financial stability. We can have that time with our family. We can have a good relationship with our partner and our friends and ourselves. But in order to have it all, you have to stop doing it all. And that kind of was the theme without saying it that way of this conversation is stop trying to do it all. So one part of that is saying no more and and not being so busy. But another part of that is delegating, letting your kids help you with chores, not feeling like you have to do everything for yourself, speaking with your partner about stuff, outsourcing, maybe setting up like a mommy co-op with your neighbor next door so that you can go get that pedicure or go to that workout class or go for the run and meditate and and create that time for yourself and, and then let that mom do the same thing and kind of give and share that way. But I feel like as women, it's so hard for us to ask for help. And if I can leave you with anything, it would be please let people help you. People are good. People are genuine and they want to help you meet your goals yeah, and be successful. Ask people to help you. I mean, this, we were just saying today, I mean, I'm so with you, like down with hashtag do all the things. It's like, you can't do all the things. No. Like, I love that. We can have it all, but we have to stop trying to do it all. Yeah. I mean, today I have a friend who's having a surgery and she said, Hey, you know, my kids are off school. She said, Hey, can my daughter come to your house at 6 15 in the morning of course and you know what yeah. it makes me feel really good, good. to be good. able to help her yeah. because people don't ask for help that often and it's actually feels it actually feels great to be needed and to be wanted by your friends and to be able to help your friends so yeah. so cool lauren it's been so such a pleasure to talk to you. Maybe we'll we'll get you like we'll do like a mini meditations at some yeah, point together. I'll get you I need it. Um, <laughs> but I, I love. <laughs> I hope that some of the takeaways I'm kind of getting from this. I'm really thinking about this idea that that busy word is a dirty word. Even and I like that coming from you actually because of your energy. You know because of your exuberance and you know you've got this vivacity that really comes through, but it's not like I have energy, so I'm going to do everything. You know, it's like, yeah, I have energy and I'm going to direct it in the ways that are meaningful for my life. And because the truth is we just get this one life. The time with kids goes by really fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, now my daughter just turned 12. I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's just crazy. And I know. (laughs) It's like the total cliche of what all the old ladies said to you when they were babies. Oh, love every minute. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, shut up. You're driving me crazy. (laughs) I'm going crazy here. But it really is that the time is short. And so we have to kind of think about, take that perspective of step back, Mm -hmm. reflect, you know, stop trying to do all the things. So 
So thank you so much, Lauren, for, for sharing your voice and sharing what you do. And I just hope this idea, I hope this just kind of sparks some, some alternatives for people who are thinking that, you know, it just has to be one way or I'm feeling stuck. And, and there's a lot of option and a lot of possibility, I think now, that sometimes we just need to hear about to, to let ourselves realize this, this possibility is out there and the possibility of having more balance is out there. So thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't you love that idea that we can have it all? We just have to stop doing it all. So sings to me, right? We can be creative about that. And I just love this idea of the North Star and this this third path of we don't have to be, you know, we can take that space somewhere between lean in and the ideal stay-at-home mom, right? Like this is probably in reality where most of us are. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts and and things about this. So check in with me in our private Facebook group and you can find out how to join that at mindfulmamamentor.com. And as I mentioned, Lauren and I are going to be doing a webinar in just a couple days and you can sign up to see that live on April 4th or catch the replay and you can sign up to, if you're on my mailing list, I'll let you know about that. So you can just get on the mailing list by going to mindfulmamamentor.com, scroll down to the bottom of any page and click the text in blue that says get started. And we'll get you on the mailing list and you'll learn all about it. So yeah, it's going to be how to get started with her amazing resource, which I'm so excited about. So please check that out and I'll let you know about it if you're on the mailing list. And otherwise, I'm just wishing you a beautiful week. I hope this episode inspires you to have a bigger vision for what's possible, to think about, I I don't know, I just love that idea of, of, of that perspective and thinking about possibility and taking that step back to take a look at our lives and say, okay, what's working? What's not working? How can I create more space? How can I be less busy? Ah, right. And, and really bring those values of being present and into our lives, right? And this is one of these outside in ways to do that. So I hope you've enjoyed this and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable, cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com.
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 